You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. We hope you are able to use your employment rights to get the answers you need to secure your rights at work. This week, we are completing our look at procedurally unfair dismissals to look at the other side of the dismissal, where the conduct of your employer might have been procedurally wrong, making your dismissal unfair. But it's where the tribunal still thinks you have some responsibility for your own dismissal and that you should be held accountable for that in the tribunal decision. Now, in the world of unfair dismissals, the other side that balances out the procedural unfairness that we looked at in last week's episode is what is called contributory fault. So what is contributory fault? Well, contributory fault only comes into play if you believe you have been unfairly dismissed and you take your case to an employment tribunal. First of all, the tribunal will look at what you say is the fault of the employer in dismissing you. So in effect, what was it that the employer did wrong in the procedures that led to your belief that you have been unfairly dismissed. So you might say that the employer did not follow the ACAS code or the basic three-step procedure when you were dismissed. And because of that, your dismissal is unfair. And a tribunal may agree with you and find that because your employer dismissed you in an unfair way, your dismissal is therefore unfair. And this is what we looked at in last week's episode. But with contributory fault, there is a further stage that an employment tribunal must look at when making the decision about how to compensate you for the unfair dismissal. And that stage is to look at whether you contributed to your own dismissal. And if so, how you should be sanctioned for that in any compensation you might receive. And compensation in unfair dismissal cases is in two parts. There's the basic award, which is worked out in a similar way to how redundancy payments are worked out. And then there's the compensatory award and that compensatory award is added on on top where the employment tribunal looks into the future to compensate you for how long the tribunal feels it will take you to get another job. So overall, a tribunal will take these two awards, that's the basic award and the compensatory award, into consideration when looking at whether you contributed to your own dismissal. And if so, the tribunal will then decide whether these two awards should be reduced to reflect your level of contribution to your own dismissal. This is why this part of the unfair dismissal process is called the contributory conduct or the contributory fault stage. 
So how does a tribunal apply a contributory fault element to your unfair dismissal case? Well, let's look at an actual case to explain this point. The case we're going to look at is called Polkey. That's P-O-L-K-E-Y. And Polkey was the actual case that set this precedent of contributory fault in law because it was the first ever case where an employment tribunal looked at how an employee contributed to their own dismissal, even though the way the employee had been dismissed was unfair. The case was listed as Polkey versus A.E. Dayton Services Limited and was heard at all stages of the employment tribunal and high court, finally finishing on the 19th of November 1987, almost five years after the employee first brought a case of unfair dismissal to an employment tribunal. The facts of the case were that the employee, Mr. Polkey, worked as a van driver for four years for Dayton Services. However, on the 27th of August 1982, Mr. Polkey was summoned to the office and was immediately dismissed by way of redundancy, with the employer citing business costs and the need to reduce expenses as the reason why he had to make Mr. Polkey redundant as a way of reducing business costs. The problem with the way Dayton Services did this, however, was that there was no consultation with Mr. Polkey about the redundancy. And the first Mr. Polkey knew that he was going to lose his job was when he was called into the office that day. Neither was Mr. Polkey given an opportunity to challenge the decision at the time or to appeal the decision later on. Mr. Polkey made a tribunal claim for unfair dismissal. But at the time, in 1982, when the case first came to tribunal, several tribunals rejected Mr. Polkey's claim for unfair dismissal because the tribunals believed that even if the employer had followed a correct procedure, the result would still have been the same and Mr. Polkey would still have been dismissed by way of redundancy. But the case didn't end there. The case went all the way up to the Court of Appeal and then to the House of Lords, where the decision reached by the House of Lords was that the tribunal's rulings were rejected on the basis that a tribunal should not ask whether a different outcome might have resulted if the proper procedure was followed. Well, they shouldn't ask that when the tribunal was trying to assess whether or not the dismissal was fair. The decision about fairness should stand alone. And instead, the tribunal should be questioning whether a different outcome could have been achieved when the tribunal is ready to consider remedy or compensation. So in effect, don't look at this when you're looking at who's at fault, but look at this after you've decided who is at fault and you're now going on to look at compensation. And in delivering this judgment, the House of Lords instructed tribunals to ask key questions when assessing compensation for cases where an employee's dismissal is at fault 
due to procedural failures. So I hope you're still with us. So in effect, what this means is that after tribunals have decided that your dismissal is unfair due to procedural errors, the next stage before deciding on your level of compensation for the unfair dismissal requires the tribunal to ask the following question. What if your employer had followed procedure correctly? What would have happened? Would there have been a different outcome? Meaning, would you still have been dismissed? If, after looking at this point, the tribunal comes to the conclusion that although your dismissal was unfair, you would still have been dismissed if the procedure was correct, then any compensation you are likely to receive will almost certainly be reduced to a level that reflects the amount of blame the tribunal thinks you should shoulder because of the role you played or because of the circumstances surrounding your dismissal. And that's because the tribunal believes that these circumstances would not have changed the decision to dismiss you even if your employer had followed the correct procedure. So once that has been decided, the amount of compensation you're likely to receive is likely to reduce by the percentage the tribunal believes you have contributed to your own dismissal or the circumstances have contributed to your dismissal. And your contribution or the circumstantial contribution would not be able to be changed. So, for example, it's a bit like saying you punched your colleague at work and your employer went through a dismissal process which was unfair, but you were still dismissed. And then the tribunal saying, but if your employer had followed the correct procedure, the fact that you punched another colleague and you admitted this means that you would have been dismissed anyway and you bear some contribution to the decision to dismiss you. So that's what all of this means. And for the tribunal, a tribunal can reduce your compensation by as much as 100% if the tribunal believes you contributed to your own dismissal by 100%. And this is why today a contributory fault deduction in your case, meaning that a tribunal finds that you contributed to your own dismissal, is usually called a Polky deduction. And it's still referred to as a Polky deduction to this day. And an employment tribunal might record its decision on Polky in this way. There is 100% chance that the claimant, meaning the employee, would have been dismissed were it not for the procedural unfairness. The claimant caused or contributed to his dismissal by blameworthy conduct and it is therefore just and equitable to reduce any compensation received by whatever the percentage the tribunal decides. A tribunal could also say there is a 50% chance the claimant would have been dismissed were it not for the procedural unfairness. 
the claimant's conduct contributed to her dismissal and it is therefore just and equitable to reduce any compensation the claimant receives by 50%. Now, the tribunal has the power to reduce any compensation received for unfair dismissal by as little as 0%, meaning nothing is taken away, going all the way up to 100%. And I've sat on both of these types of cases where the rationale for reducing or not reducing compensation was clearly set out. And this is something that is expected of tribunals. Tribunals must clearly set out their reasonings for not reducing or reducing your compensation award for the decision to stand and not be seen as biased. And that's it for this week. This week, we've looked at how a tribunal can find that you have been unfairly dismissed because your employer did not follow the correct dismissal procedure, but also how you can be held responsible for contributing to your own dismissal and then have any compensation reduced by the percentage level a tribunal believes your conduct or capability contributed to your own dismissal. Next week, we'll move on to look at unfair dismissals with a focus on employee misconduct and the reasonableness of an employer's decision to dismiss you, what is commonly referred to as the Birchill test. So look out for that episode next week. Remember, you can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. And you can also help us by sharing our podcast information with your friends and colleagues. Until next week, have a great Employment Rights Week. Bye for now.